Dr. Rick here. Another sign you're becoming your parents is getting particular about details that don't matter. The craziest thing happened when we got tacos the other day. Was it Wednesday or Thursday we got tacos? I know it wasn't Tuesday because that's when I went to my hairdresser. Shoot, what day was it? See how we all lost interest there? Progressive can't help you from becoming your parents, but we can help you compare rates on home insurance with HomeQuote Explorer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Cleveland, and welcome back to another edition of the Dogland Podcast. It's another episode of the off-season roster deep dive. Uh, today, we're looking at the defensive tackle room. I am your host, Jackson McCurry, and joining me is none other than Jack Duffin. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm good. It's probably uh, the most depressing room. <laughs> um, it certainly was. I haven't had to spend a whole year watching them last year, but uh, hey, we're, we're doing all the rooms, and... Uh, leaving no stone unturned yeah it's a the defensive tackle room is a fascinating one because last year um and it's so funny because now browns fans have revisionist history because i don't recall anybody being mad that we let ogan joby walk in free agency i don't recall anybody being mad when we cut sheldon richardson and there there was a lot of people mad at that one and there was okay i take that back there was some there was some that were mad um, that the Browns did try to bring him back at a cheaper deal. He chose to go to Minnesota, but then after the Malik McDowell incident a couple of weeks ago, everybody's like, well, we should have kept Oak Joby who people don't want to admit this. He benefited from having Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson on that defensive front and BJ to, Hill and B and DJ reader. BJ Hill, I forget who else was on that. There's a lot of nice talent there. Yeah, and then Sheldon Richardson had a okay year, but he's trending downward in his career. But Jack, when you look at this defensive tackle room, we you know tried to patch it together with a couple draft picks, a couple young players, and a couple free agent signings. But the defensive tackle room does not look too promising going forward into the Browns' future. It's a bit like the edge room where there there's one decent player and nothing else obviously when i'm not going to say this player is in the same ballpark as uh miles garrett but i am talking about there is one dude and there is a whole pile of disaster and that was sheldon day um and to be fair most games he didn't play across the whole season if you look at it so um it, it, we're not talking about any superstar by any means but um certainly the second half of the season he played a lot more and he actually put up a good performance um so here's the one guy that I could see being back um, and potentially starting. Everyone else is not good at all. It was pretty much an unmitigated disaster everywhere you looked. The Maliks, um, you had uh, Togiai was bad. Um, I, I had him on the bubble last year and people were telling me there's no way he's on the bubble with Jordan Elliott. Um, was not good again. Um yeah, it, it was really, really, really bad. Um, no, no other way to really talk about it. it. 
it sucked big time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Malik McDowell showed some flashes, but and he was probably going to come back until his incident a few weeks ago. Now I don't see any scenario where the Browns bring him back. Malik Jackson, you know, he was a cheap free agent signing, just did not perform the way we thought he was going to. Jordan Elliott hasn't made a jump yet, which is disappointing because a lot of us were high on him when we got him in the third round. And then Togi, I, I think we all seen in the preseason, he was going to be a project. He was inactive like the first half of the year. And then the second half he played, but didn't show much to warrant, you know, having hopes for going forward, which Jack on a side note, you got to watch what you say about Ohio state players uh, to Browns fans, because uh, they don't, they don't take too kindly to uh, Ohio state slander around here. Hey, uh, I'll I'll say whatever I want. Uh, They they can argue with me. Um, uh, If if someone's not playing well, I'll tell them. Um, Malik McDowell actually, kicked off the season. I think it was the first two or three games actually really well. Yeah. And we were like, wow, we haven't really uncovered something here. And um, yeah, he, he would have been coming back to fight for a spot in camp. He wasn't a lock to make the roster by any means next year. Um, and lots of people were hoping, hey, second year breakout, um, his body's going to be more ready for a season, um, having not played for a while. And now we're sitting here going, he's probably not on the roster. The fact that he hasn't been cut yet, gives me belief that either they're waiting for more information or something happened around it because I was expecting it to be a pretty sudden move, which never happened. So um, it, it's one that I feel better about is the chance of making the roster now than I did about a month ago when it happened because I expected it a cut to be announced any day um, and I've not seen anything as of yet. Well, he's an exclusive rights free agent, correct? I suppose so, yeah. So he would have to sign a contract. Yeah, they'd have to offer him a tender. So, yeah, I guess that's the reason why we haven't seen anything. So I would think, like, the Browns are probably just not. Unless, you know, information comes out, something. I mean, barring something unforeseen that we're not seeing, because if anybody hasn't seen that police cam footage. um, I've not seen it yet. It's quite disturbing. It's on TMZ, Jack, if you want to go check it out. Um. I don't see him coming back. I could see the Browns offering him some help, which hopefully he's taking it if he hasn't already. Um, he comes back, maybe. I can't see it because the media is just going to like lash out at the organization for doing that. But, yeah, I just don't see Malik McDowell returning, um, barring something for unforeseen, like I said. So when you look at this defensive tackle room, right now, Togiai and Elliott are here. They're definitely not locks. But Jack, when you look at this group and how do you address this position going forward? Because draft people can say, oh, well, there's defensive tackles in the draft. Andrew Barry has shown so far that he's not very keen on finding defensive tackles. Now, granted, these guys are mid-round picks. If he finds one in the first round, I could I would kind of want to trust them. But how do you fix this room going forward, Jack? Yeah, and I th- I think. Clowney is a big factor on what happens with this room because they spent more on Clowney's 8 million than they did, um, especially once you take Andrew Billings out of the equation, they did on the rest of the players in there um, last season. And that is a massive factor. If you're going to spend big on your second edge, that money's coming out of the defensive tackle room, most likely. Um, So when people are going, bring back Clowney, bring back Clowney, and then they start talking about the defensive tackle room and they were like, oh yeah, we'll have these two 8 million 
dollar players. It's like, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. It's like you can have Clowney or you can have the two eight million players. Um, and, and that's when you come into those conversations. If, if you're sat in there offering me like um, Clowney and Sheldon Day, uh, that is 16 million worth of player, or you're talking about Melvin Ingram plus Clayus Campbell, Akeem Hicks, someone like that. Well, I'm, I'm taking the two really good players um, rather than Clowney there. Um, and, and those sort of things are a real factor. And, and let's not forget Sheldon Day is a free agent. Um, he is not under contract next year. So um, I think they'll make a move to bring back Sheldon Day. He's the only one that's capable of starting. I don't think they'll want him to start, um, but I think they're happy with him being part of the rotation. So you're looking towards the free agent names and they're almost in two groups. Let's take the, they're all about 8 million. Um, but any of these guys who sort of takes your fancy most, Akeem Hicks, Calais Campbell, Folorunso Fataka. Cassie Fitkusi, um, butchered his name. I apologize. Uh, BJ Hill, DJ Jones, Linval Joseph, Sebastian Joseph Day, and Malik Collins. A- anyone jump off the page here? Akeem Hicks. He's, I mean, obviously, he's the top guy. Um, he's, he's 32, though. So, and he's a Drew Rosenhaus client. So, there's kind of things that, you know, might scare the Browns away. Calais Campbell, but he's another aging vet. Obviously, he'll be 36 probably by the time the season starts. Other than that, none of these names really jump out to me. BJ Hill probably be a guy. I mean, he's in that range, 26 years old. Get him at about $9 million a year wouldn't be a bad thing. And if you could pluck him away from the Cincinnati Bengals, it wouldn't be a bad thing either. Yeah, no, if, if I was going to spend some money, then he's probably the one that stands out to me the most. Um, DJ Jones, that, perhaps too. 27, he's right in that age range. Yeah. D- DJ Jones, is they're probably the two. Yeah. Um, BJ Hill, DJ Jones. If I'm going to go spend some decent money, there's a cheaper dude that I'm going to come on to next and a guy I was banging the table for us to draft and we didn't. But yeah, if they're going to, put some money on the table. Those I would say are your two most likely names. Um, They're predicting the same contract here at PFF. Um, We're talking three years, 8.75 million a year. So you'd guarantee the first two and the third year is a team option. Um, But yeah, that, that is the pairing um, you go after. And quite frankly, if we got either of them, I'm going to be really happy. Um, We've seen more consistency out BJ Hill and he's younger. So, um, that would uh, be where my mind instantly goes. Um, and who knows where the Bengals are going to go. I'm going to throw out the next name. And this is a guy that I really, really, really liked at draft time. Um, he's come on and played really, really well um, in the last season. 26 years old, and that's Harrison Phillips out of Buffalo. Um, I really wanted the Browns to draft him. It didn't happen. Um but that for me is a guy, I don't know how much it's going to be, probably sort of five to seven and a half maybe, but sign him up for a couple of years. And that I think is a really, really nice piece you can build around. 
Yeah, and then you also mentioned in your article Tim Settle, who's only going to yeah. be 25 in July. Uh, Fifth-round pick back in 2018 for the Washington Commanders, the new name of the, the football team out there in Washington. Um, he's been consistent in a limited role for the Commanders the last three seasons. Could be a guy that the Browns could get cheap. Um, he's still only 20. He'll be 25 in July, so that's right in the age range of what this team likes to uh, get guys. And a guy... Entering his second contract, only 25 years old, like there's a chance he can get a third contract down the line too if he performs well. So that could be another name in free agency to look out for as well. Well, that is, that's my dream scenario. I think we go and get Harrison Phillips and ask him to be our best defensive tackle. Then we bring in Tim Settle um, behind him, um, give them both three years to take it or take the deal. Um, to offer you a little bit of security there. Um, then bring back Sheldon Day on a nice cheap deal. Um, and I think that gives you really, really solid sort of top three. All three agents. Um, Harrison Phillips is probably the one demanding some money, but the rest are really reasonable. And let's not forget that there's a lot of talent on that um, Washington D-line. So um, that could be a reason why he's got less snaps. And as you said, he's performed well when he's got opportunities. We're not going to ask him to come here and be the dominant one if we ended up with that triple rotation. And, and quite frankly, a day three pick, um, if they like somebody or a UDFA, because a UDFA can make the roster with the last couple of Tommy Togo and Jordan Elliott, um, they could both be cut. Um, I think it'd be harsh to cut Tommy Togo after one year. Um but if you have that sort of rotation of Phillips, Settle, and Day, you can have a lot more time for a Togiai and say, hey, let's see what you can do. Um, but yeah, I, I struggle to see them both making the roster. They both make the roster, then we are going to be in a really weak position because you're asking your defensive tackle three and four to play. It's not like a quarterback where the backup doesn't play. Um, it's not even like a linebacker in a corner where they don't get that many snaps. You are you are getting a, a decent sort of 20% plus as a uh, three and four. So you, they can't rely on those guys. No, unless they come back in April or May and May when OTA start and they just, you know, they impress and they show that they've made strides. They've showed that they've worked on stuff. I'm willing to give Togi a little bit more time. Um, it just seemed like he needed to adapt to the NFL style rather than the big 10 style of playing a defensive tackle the way he did at Ohio state. Um, Elliot, I just, I don't understand what, cause he, he looks so good at Missouri. We got him in the third round whenever when PFF was grading him as a first round talent, but the guy just hasn't seemed to be able to get it yet. Um, kind of hoping this year's the year the light bulb comes on. But like you said, both of these guys are definitely not locks for the roster uh, heading into 2022. Yeah, and they're not going to sit there and go, hey, we took this guy in the fourth round. We'll keep up a spot open for him. Um, yeah, I think if you're talking about the first second, there's there's some, some amazing raw talent that you could do that. And if we were sat there with like one and two were locks and we had, say we had a Miles and we had a, um, let's say a, uh, who's sort of a good example, a Newsome sort of level. If it's sort of quality at the defensive tackle room. You could almost, it'd be semi-painful, but you could have that sort of developmental space behind them. But 
there's nothing. So you're going to need them to step up. And I, I think a couple of cheaper dudes like Phillips and Settle just leaves you with a really, really nice rotation. And it might be a case they end up going BJ Hill or Jones and then Settle um, alongside them. Um because you start factoring in who's going to play the one, the three tech and everything like that, then it, it can get a bit more messy. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think you're looking at one or the other. And if they took someone in the fifth, I would say they've got just as good chance of making the roster, if not slightly better than Elliot and uh, Togio. It's that grim. Yeah. And like outside of Jordan Davis from Georgia, um, I think there's a kid from AM. The D tackle class doesn't look very promising from what Alex Hale has said to me. Um, so yeah, like I don't know what to expect out of this defensive tackle room going forward. Um, change it, a That's lot of change, yeah, definitely a lot of change. But um, we'll see if the, the last time they invested money in this room, it was Dorsey when he paid big bucks for Sheldon Richardson. Um, could Barry do it? Very much so. There's some guys that fit the criteria what this front office likes in terms of uh, the guardrails. So we'll see what happens with this room in free agency. Um, like you said at the top, I think it depends on what happens with Clowney because if Clowney comes back, it means the Browns invested some money in him, which means they probably won't invest as much in the D tackle room. So uh, definitely going to be something to watch. Um, and if you guys missed it, go back and listen to the edge defender episode we dropped on Monday, as well as the article, um, Jack, as we wrap things up, plug, uh, everything you got going on and we'll get on out of here. Yeah. So we'll be back next week with linebackers and then corners. Um, so some really juicy stuff there and, uh, the corner room might be the only room in the NFL I'll predict something crazy for. So uh, make sure you come back for that one. Um, no, I, I think it, it's going to be interesting. Um, your wide receivers is the big focus on the offensive side and your D-line is where the juicy stuff's going to happen um, on the defensive side. So, um, yeah, a lot of people are going to keep looking at quarterback and who knows what's going to happen. It could be anything. But if you're looking at overall room and what's going to change the most, wide receiver and D-line is where your focus should be um, and where the front office's focus will be. So, um, no. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Jack Duffin, D-U-F-F-I-N. Shoot me any questions. Feedback's great. Keep it coming. Um, but no, it, we're getting near. We've got four more shows left. Yes, we do. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Jack McCurry 8 the Dogland at the Dogland. Um, we should be back, I think. Me and Anthony should be back later sometime at the end of the week to drop a Super Bowl preview. Jack, real quick, Bengals or Rams? I am deep, deep deep on my Cincy Bengals. They have made me a healthy, healthy amount of money on the playoffs, beating the Titans, covering plus seven against KC, and we're going to do it again. All right. I I, I don't know who I'm picking yet. Um, if I have to pick right now, well, it's, I'll say the Bengals win in a close one. I, I think if it's a close game, get me the Bengals just because of what they've done down the stretch. Um, and if it comes down to a kick, Outside of Justin Tucker, you can't go wrong with Evan McPherson at this point. That dude is so clutch, and he's only a rookie. So, uh, Is he the heir? Is he the heir to Justin Tucker? He very may well be. Uh, it's unfortunate. Wait till, wait till the special teams episode, because we might just cry that we don't have a kicker while the rest of the division has one. More fourth downs. <laughs> More aggressiveness for Jack Duffin. That's what we want to see. Um, but until 
next time, Browns fans, as always, as we get on out of here, go Browns. Go Browns. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.